0: Of Get Real with Coach Dave Taylor Where we talk about topics that Most people don't want to talk about Or won't be uh, able to talk about Let's put it that way I appreciate everybody listening in I know I've gotten some great reviews over the past couple Episodes And I thank everybody for the great comments I know that we're trying a new format now We're just doing one day a week And we're going quick and we're not going to waste people's time And there's enough people Doing sports talk You don't need to hear uh, me review the sports Unless it's a a topic that I think needs to be voiced better than it is. Of course, we're right in the middle of March Madness. We'll get into that. Broadcasting here from the uh, luxurious studio in Shelton, Connecticut, with my assistants Beauty. Who you can kind of hear chewing in the background. Diva and Cleo. So again, we uh, we had some great games last night. This is you know the best time of year for me. I love the NFL. Of course, I love my Sundays. I'm I'm just a massive sports guy. I love everything about sports, and uh, this this time ranks at the very top for me. You know, if I think if I rank my best sports moment, not moments, my best sports seasons, March Madness is at the top because it's it's the format that's what, what makes it so great. You know, people always say that it's you know it it yeah it's the kids and it's the teams and it's that. But it's the format. If the NBA went to this format, that would be by far and away the number one sports exhibition in the world. But they don't do it that way. They do it the worst way possible, which is best of seven, which is a bore fest. But this is number one. I would say number two for me, you know, I love uh, I love college football. I love NFL because every game matters. I love my football Sundays very much. You know, last night, I got to bed at about 1, started at noon, so that's 13 hours of fun right there. You know, I'm not going to get into the specifics of basketball, and and I'm not going to get into the gyrations of that. Maybe that's for another day. But uh, the last second, game busters, buzzer beaters, that's what makes it great. The buzzer beaters are awesome. You know, I think, uh, well, obviously we had Miami going down last second to Loyola Chicago. We had some great moments last night, and it was day one. Today's going to be another long day, another 13-hour day. Saturday and Sunday are great days. And then we're down to the final Sweet 16, and then, you know, you go from there. But watching these games was awesome. Looking at the kids' reactions, you've got – Upsets maybe possibly today. I want to see if Murray State. I'm a little worried about them if I'm West Virginia. I'm worried about New Mexico State if I'm Clemson. I don't think TCU is that good, so we'll see how they do against Syracuse. But this is this is my favorite time of year. Baseball I like a lot. Baseball is good because in the opening round, they go best out of five. Again, the NBA would, would be smart to take – a lot of uh, advice from some of these other sports. You know, the Premier League and soccer, they don't seem to be complaining too much about playoffs. I think that uh, English soccer does a really good thing in that it has these mini tournaments dur- during the season. You have the Champions League. Um, that's not all of England, of course, but you have the Champions League. And then you also have, you know, the Premier League is real simple. You play everybody twice, home at home, and the team with the best record, they're the champs. I I think that's the best way to do it. I think that's pretty simple. You know, then if you're top four, you go to play in the Champions League, top six, Europa League. You know, you've you got your mid-season tournaments, which I think is what's the FA Cup or whatever it's called. I just think they have a really good model that they're using there, and it's been done that way for centuries, it seems. So I wish that more sports did it that way. You know, have a a, a March Madness type tournament. Could you imagine that? In the middle of the NBA season, you have like a March Madness type tournament where you just seed everybody. Top seeds get home court. It's one and done. I think that'd just be amazing. Never been done before. I would just love that. So March Madness, we're in full swing there. You know, NFL players are flying all over the place. We'll get into that later when uh and speaking of champions league I think Liverpool plays uh who they play Man City in the quarterfinals. <laughs> That's gonna be very interesting. I don't know I don't know all the matchups right now but uh is it eventus versus Real? I don't know. Bayern, I don't know who they're playing they I got to kind of look into it. But I know it's that one. I know that's a big one. Someone says, I'm just getting a text, Juventus plays Real Madrid. Okay. Uh, Sevilla and Barcelona, Juventus, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Roma, Liverpool, Manchester. You'd think they wouldn't put teams that play each other during the year against each other But it's just random But sports is is uh, You learn so many Life attributes through the world of sports You really do I mean it's, it's I think that there's no way I could let A child of mine Not play sports or participate in sports Because You just learn so much you learn so many life lessons. You know, perseverance, tenacity, stick to it. It's really the greatest tool for life, regardless of the sport you play. And I wanted to get into that topic a little bit. You know, just I, I like to touch on topics that are, you know, relevant to life. And one of the things that you you don't see very much in life is loyalty. You don't see a lot of loyalty. And in sports, I think that, that that word loyalty means even less. I think that word means even less in sports. You don't see, especially in the youth department, especially in you know, it, let's give an example. You know, you're you're a coach, you've, uh, you know, and it depends what kind of coach you have. But if you're a coach and you have, let's say, this kid at the age of 12 or or 11, and they aren't very good, they come to you, you work with them, and this has happened to me, it's happened to everybody. And you work with them a lot, and you, and you get them to the point where he becomes a very good player. He becomes you know, a player that could possibly go to the next level. But you've done it a certain way. Maybe, you know, it it, the the way you coach, you coach a certain way. You're hard on the kids. You make sure they show up on time. You do grade checks. If they get a C, you sit them out. You make them watch game film. You're hard on them. If they don't play hard, you, you bench them. And then when they turn 15... They they think they're better than they are, and then all these shysters, I talked about this on this topic already in a previous podcast, but then these shysters come knocking on their door, and because parents are so naive and so lost, they'll start just throwing things at them. Now, not like uh, DeAndre Ayton, allegedly, and these guys receiving thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Not like these guys. But little things. We're not going to charge you for the season. We'll We'll... We'll fly your parents to the tournaments. We'll get you gear. We'll free give you free gear. We only practice twice a week, once a week. And then you go to the practices and they're just music's playing and they're just pick up ball. No, you don't got to show up to every practice. Just make sure you're there for games. And they go out, they recruit you and, you, and they, they sit down with your mom and dad who are lost and They'll say things they'll negatively recruit. They'll say, oh, you know, this coach doesn't believe in you. He, he's always gotten, not getting on you. He's checking your grades. I mean, he's just looking for an excuse not to play. You You, you want to play for someone more like us. Look at our record. We win, we win tournaments. We do this. We do that. You should go with us. And then the kid does. Now, this has happened to me locally out here. Now, if you have a real coach, a good coach, like, my, like I consider myself to be one of the real coaches, and somebody comes up to give a kid an opportunity to play in a different program, let's say, and I think that's a good move. I'll tell the kid. I'm not about winning. So that's the big difference. I'll just say to the kid, no, I I think he plays on that circuit. I think you'll get a lot more national recognition there. I think it's time for you to move on. It's kind of like when a parent would tell a kid it's time to, you know, go away for, you know, to a boarding school or something to get you a better, opportunity and I've said that many times where I'll say listen I think this is best for you I think that I think it's a good move coach I know the teams you're playing against I know the league I think it's a good move so there's all kinds of layers if you're another type of coach which I know a lot of them even out here in Connecticut there are so many coaches out here that never coached a game at any level other than AAU Now saying you're an AAU coach to me is equivalent to saying I am a rec league coach, or I coach my church team. And I am an AAU coach, so I understand what I'm talking about. There are two types of AAU coaches, real ones and fake ones. The fake one is the guy who never played the game, never coached the game, and that's all he's ever done. And he runs around, they play zone defense, they recruit, they recruit. Like, you know, we all have tryouts for our AAU systems, and I don't, I just coach who's in front of me. I have never recruited. I was a high school coach in California. The the, the boosters wanted me to go out and recruit. I, I don't recruit. I just think it's bad. You recruit in high school, you, you have to make promises you can't keep. Parents think that you're, you're going to give them, you know, advantages. Then all of a sudden you bench their child and it becomes a, a conflict. I, I just don't want to recruit. Listen, this is who I am. You want to come play for me. Here's my website. Here's who I am. Come do a practice, feel free. I'm not gonna be fake. I don't care how good you are, you're gonna have to be able to handle me as a coach. I had a kid just three days ago, big kid, six six, six eight. Said he wanted to play for me, and I said, Listen, you know, I'm not easy to play for. I'm gonna challenge you, I'm gonna be on you, I'm gonna work you, you know, I'm gonna make you watch film, I, I'm not your friend. You know, just make sure who you know who I am before you commit. Because I'm not going to take it easy on you. I'll be I'll be gentle on you the first couple weeks to get to know you. And then after I get to know you and make that read, then then you better be ready to know who I am. Ask other players. Topic we'll get into, mental toughness. But there's a lot of coaches out here that at tryouts, they'll just say, listen, you're not good enough to cut. And the kid's not bad. He just needs development. He needs work. Well, he got cut. Well, why do you get cut? Well, because he's not that good. Well, make him good. No, that's not what I do. I don't make players good. I want them good already. And then we're gonna come in and we're gonna zone. And you know what I'm gonna do as a coach? To fake it so that everybody thinks I'm a good coach. I'm gonna walk up and down the sidelines, jumping and screaming at the top of my lungs, just screaming at the ref, at the kids. Do that, go there. Do that press. Go, chase him. Go, 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 go. Get him, get him, get him, get him, get him. Come on, ref, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. Bah, 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 bah. And then they think they're a good coach because they can yell. And they play zone and they trap and they run and they run and they win. The guy pounds his chest and acts like he's the greatest coach ever. You know what makes you a great coach is when you take mediocre talent and overachieve. doesn't mean you have to win. You know, that. that's – so it depends on what kind of coach you are as to whether you should be loyal or not. Because those kinds of coaches aren't loyal to kids. They're just going to keep recruiting better players than you, and if they're better than you, then you're out the door. They don't care about you. They didn't work hard for you. They didn't take you when you weren't very good. They just took you because you were the best player at that position that year. The following year, they got somebody better than you. You're gone. So loyalty works both ways. Coach to player, player to coach. Friendships, and you've seen movies like that where these, these people are friends, but maybe they're nerds, and somebody gets popular and leaves the nerd behind, and then eventually ends up coming back because the nerd was the only one who was honest and true. It's like I'm watching Ed Sheeran just got married, and he got married to his high school sweetheart, so you know that that's loyalty. You know that's not just loyalty, but this, this woman loved him when he wasn't Ed Sheeran. So, you know, depending on the coach, but again, you know, if, if if you're a coach like me and you work and you sacrifice and you get it done and you, you're just grinding it out for these kids and then they get one shyster to come up to them and then they're gone. In my case, that's happened two times here in Connecticut. Other players have left, but that's fine. I want them to leave. They're annoying. But the ones who leave because I think the grass is greener, those are the ones that I just shake my head at. And then, you know, coaches in my program or, you know, other people will say, gosh, aren't you upset by that? Doesn't that bother you? No, it doesn't bother me. I've been doing this a long time. I think it bothered me in the beginning when I was in California. But you kind of know it's part for the course. And then I'll make statements to the coaches like he'll be back. He's only good because he plays in our system. He's only good because I allow him to be good because I tell the kid to shoot all the time or I make him aggressive or we run a system that's favorable to his skill set. He's going to go play for these big-time programs where they don't care about you. They just got to win. And if you're not getting it done, you're out. And if you miss two or three shots, they take you out. I'm patient. I'll leave him in the game until he finds that rhythm. Trust me, he'll be back. And then lo and behold, last year, this player came back with his mom, sat in the bleachers, wanted to meet with me. And some of the comments she made, you know, we just don't have that family feel. We don't feel like they care about our kid. And, and it, you know, we're not getting as much playing time. We're not happy. They're not invested. You know, he won't tell us why he's not playing. And then we try to ask him what we can do to get better. He doesn't know what to do. He's not going to work on that. So, these, you know, these these are things that happen a lot. And it's loyalty. I would say, listen, my son has played for this guy for a long time, and he's gotten so good that you're coming knocking on my door wanting to get him to play for you. And he's taking me to the right events. He's got getting us recruited. He's, he's making phone calls. He's getting us out there. He's showing us the way. We're going to stay with him. Yeah, we might have to pay more money than if we played for you or – You know, we won't get the same perks or blah, blah, blah. But we know this coach is invested in our son. And what happens is you'll leave and you'll go play for someone else and you'll realize that investment isn't there and you're 16, you got one more year left and it's too late. And then you come back and you want to play for me. Well, guess what? I'm loyal to those kids that stayed with me. I'm not just going to turn my back on them because you might be better and then bring you back. I don't really want you back. I know what kind of person you are. Who's to say I won't bring you back, and then you dominate and then leave again? You've shown me your character and so have your parents, so I don't need you here. Now, I don't think loyalty should be as heavy in the professional ranks. I mean, it's a a business. I get that. You're not going to stay with one team because you're loyal to them. But if you're a guy that's maybe on the fringe and, and Popovich is the guy who got you to that next level, and maybe he's, they're going to offer you a little bit less money, but you know this coach is the one who gave you a shot and believed in you. How many times have I seen guys play for pop and then leave, go play somewhere else, and then a year and a half later, they're in the D League? I, I was reminded about this because the Buffalo kid, Buffalo just smashed Arizona, and I'll get into that in a little bit, but one of those kids played for that coach at Buffalo in high school. That was a loyalty between coach and player. He came back, wanted to play for his high school coach, who's now coaching at the University of Buffalo. The Buffalo coach knows the kid, brought him back. They both had to make some sacrifices. But that loyalty has paid off in a massive upset in the NCAA tournament. And there needs to be, there needs to be more of that in life, in the, in the world. You know, these people were responsible for getting you where you are. You can't just forget them. You see all these people win these awards, and you see people winning games. And, you know, when they ask you in a a post-game conference where you're sitting at a table with a microphone and you've had time to reflect, you know, instead of pumping yourself up and talking about how great you are, talk about the people that got you there, time to make you better. Talk about that teacher that got you through school. Talk about that best friend that talked you off the cliff when your girlfriend cheated on you and, and left and left you there heartbroken. Talk about the the church minister who guided you. Talk about people who who were tough on you. Thank the thank them. You know, don't just go off with, you know, the pretty girl and say, I'm gonna forgive everybody else and this is all that matters to me. I have some Hobnobby friends now so I'm really popular I'm going to go hang out with them And I'm going to leave my real friends behind Because they're not cool Or they don't look the part That goes to your character That that makes you a Bad person and karma Will always come back to bite you I mean that's what the wife said to me this morning About Sean Miller Karma's, a you know what It sure is whether he did it or didn't, allegedly, um, doesn't matter at this point. You've had the most embarrassing loss of a tournament so far. I really believe in karma. I believe, you know, you get what you deserve in life. I, re- I believe everything happens for a reason. I believe sometimes you might think that this is a really bad thing that happened to you. You got fired, but then what you don't realize is a year later, You're going to be at a much better job, much more conducive to your talent or skill sets, paid more, happier, whatever the case may be. A girl breaks up with you, cheats on you, you're heartbroken, you think it's a bad thing. Next thing you know, a year later, you find someone far better suited for you. You know, everything happens for a reason. And if you live life that way, life is a lot easier to get through. You know, people say to me, wow, you, you seem to be getting through this pretty good. Yeah, I do. Because I know that that wasn't meant to be. I know there's something better out there for me. If I was fired as a coach and people would be like, wow, yeah, I know. There's I, there's something better for me out there. And it always ended up being true. And if you believe that, life gets better. But for me, loyalty goes a long way. You know, if I get a job somewhere or I win a, a billion dollars in some lottery, I know who I'm going to reward and thank. I know who I'm going to, you know, share my money with and wealth with. Who got you where you are? Do you have those lifelong friends that you don't have to talk to every week, but you know if you made a phone call, they'd be on that next flight? Do you have friends like that? As a coach, I have a bunch of former players like that. I have players that contact me all the time that, have stayed in my life. Loyalty is a very valuable thing. You know, I think, uh, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, I run his events, and he has these wristbands made, and I wear it all the time. Loyalty is love. He talks about loyalty. Loyalty is a big thing in the inner city, and that's where I grew up. Loyalty is a big thing. That's why gangs are so prevalent, because gangs are basically loyalty. It's your blood, your brother's. They're loyal to each other. But loyalty is a big thing because loyalty doesn't cost anything. Loyalty sometimes is just knowing when to shut up too. But you see somebody's bad-mouthing a friend of yours or bad-mouthing someone that you know quite well, and you just just shut up. Don't pile on. You don't necessarily need to defend them every two minutes, but that would be nice too. But loyalty in sports at the younger levels, that's where you learn loyalty. You'll see it sometimes in the world of sports. But what I see a lot of times is, you know, Steph Curry got where he is for a reason. And it wasn't all these people that are hanging on now. Paul Pierce became great for a reason. Somebody helped him get there. When you when you're when you're Tiger Woods, somebody helped you get to the top. Now, when you were at the top, did you blow off those guys who got you there? Because when you fell down, it would have been nice to have those guys around. People you know you can trust. And a lot of times you'll see these guys that make it big and they've got a lot of money and then all their their posse hangs out with them and they're just looking to get paid too. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the coach that doesn't want your money. Maybe he wants you to come back and just talk to the kids. Maybe get him some tickets for some kids. I'm not talking about those hanger-ons that just want to be your friend so they can go live the high life with you and go to the parties and spend your money like Entourage. It's not going to be like that. Entourage is a great show because I thought it was about loyalty there too. He hired his best friend to be his agent. His brother's involved. You know, have people around you that you know you can trust. You see it a lot of times in, in the in now with the presidency. And he's firing everybody every 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 week. You have got someone else new. I think that looks bad. But that's about loyalty too. He wants someone in the in in his office in his cabinet that he believes believes in, and he thinks that believes in him. I hope he's not just looking for yes men because that's a disaster. But your job is to... You know, you want people around you that you know have your back and that believe in you. And if he's got these people in his cabinet that are doing what he says, but then, you know, raised eyebrows and, you know, cracking jokes, get rid of them. I wouldn't want someone like that in my backyard. Someone, yeah, they might do what I... If I have an assistant coach, and he's doing everything I say, but then behind my back, he's saying, God, he's a a horrible coach. He's an idiot, doesn't know what he's doing. I I don't want that guy as my coach. Get him out, bring in someone else, someone that can be loyal. That's why most college coaches that are good hire former players because there's loyalty there. And that loyalty goes both ways. So, again, I think you just need to be aware of the fact T is a very valuable commodity. Be loyal to your coach, and coaches, be loyal to your players. Just because someone comes around that might be better doesn't mean you just throw this other kid to the, to the curb and discard him. You don't do that. And I, I just thought about this topic last night watching the Buffalo-Arizona game. Which, by the way, started, you know, if you're on the East Coast, that game's over at 1 a.m. Man, did they put a hurting on him. You know, it was kind of weird because the, the coach for Buffalo at halftime was being interviewed. I think they were up by two. And the, the announcer says something like, well, what are you going to tell your team to keep them motivated to be to think that they can pull this off? And he's like, what, what are you talking about? I th- We think we're the better team. We're the better team. If we don't turn the ball over, we should win this game easily. I was like, "Ooh, that's a little weird," and he was right. <laughs> and they their guards just took it to them. Now, the the, the people who should be the happiest should be Kentucky. Because now Kentucky, instead of having to play an Arizona team, now they play a Buffalo team that they should be able to beat. But they're the darlings of the tournament so far. And that leads me to my next topic, which is mental toughness. I, I think in order to be successful as a human being, you just have to be mentally tough. You have to be able to adapt and overcome. You have to be able to handle pressure. You have to be able to handle criticism. You have to be able to be coached. Mental toughness is is hard to come by most kids today are not born with that you're you're you you're not born mentally tough. you have to develop that through your parents you know when the kid you you have to allow your kid to fall so many parents today don't let their kids fall down because they just they can't get up. Gosh, I was watching something the other day. I forgot what it was. I think it was Batman. I think I was watching like Batman begins or one of those movies. And the quote was, why, why do we fall down? And then the kid would say, the, the father would say, this is Bruce Wayne, I think. His dad said it before he got killed in that. You remember that scene? But he got stuck in that uh, well. Bats are in there or something like that. And he picks this kid up and he says, why do we fall down, Bruce? And Bruce says, so we can get back up. Exactly. Now, most parents will never let their kid fall down. So they don't know how to get up or they don't become mentally tough. They don't know how to persevere. They don't play a lot on a team. Well, we're going to switch teams. We want to go to a different team where you're going to play more versus a parent that would say, listen, if you're not playing more, maybe you're not good enough. Go in the gym, get some more work in, and then maybe you'll get good enough. Life isn't just like, okay, well, I'm not playing, so I'm going to go somewhere else so I'm going to play more. That's not going to teach you anything. Tubby Smith talked about this, kids transferring all the time. He had a point, not a great point, but I thought he had a point. I'm not playing a lot here. I don't want to put the time in that's going to require me to play more. I'm just going to leave. You know, getting beat by 20 points, 15 points, 20 points, getting beat at a young age and learning to deal with that, that's mentally tough. Having a coach that challenges you, you scored 25 points, but you were lazy on defense, and your coach rips you and sits you down. That, that teaches you mental toughness. A coach that's on you, riding you, making you tougher. You go home. You, you're supposed to have chores to do. You didn't do the chores. Your parents don't just overlook that and then do it themselves. They make you do the chores, and they punish you for not doing the chores. Eventually, that child will be raised with responsibilities that he is very well aware of, and, he's, and he can handle life. Hey, I thought I told you to do this. You didn't do this, did you? No, I didn't. Okay, well, guess what you're not doing tomorrow. You're not playing basketball. You don't do your job here. You're not going to go out and have fun. Let me see your grades. If your grades aren't good, you're not going to play. Yeah, but I just don't get it. My teacher's not very good. He's mean. He's yelling at me. I don't do anything. And then they go have meetings with the principal. No, don't give me this. Don't, Don't give me these excuses about your teacher. Okay, other people get A's in that class. So if your teacher's as bad as you say, everybody will be getting D's. You're the one getting the D. I think I talked to your teacher a month ago. Half the class is getting A's, so you're not in that half. So it's not the teacher. It's the student. It's you. So you go get extra credit. You go get extra work. You stay after school. You get a tutor. You do what you have to do, but you get that grade up or you're not playing. Hey, I want you to uh, – I want you to go down in, in the garage and, and clean this and that up. Get it done before you go to school. Doesn't get it done. What are you going to do? I thought I told you to do that. You didn't do it. So guess what? You're on timeout. For five minutes, you have to sit there and watch TV. I mean, what are you, you going to do to that kid when they don't do what they are supposed to do? What do you do when that, when that kid talks back to you? How, do you? how do you raise that child? Are you raising them to be mentally tough to handle the criticism? And then when they don't handle it, you teach them how to handle it. When they don't play well and the coach rips them and the kid feels bad about it, you say, I agree with the coach. You didn't play very well. And then you realize why in, the, in life they don't succeed. They're going to get the same kind of criticism when they go to work, but they can't handle it. Kids are that, – that, what is mentally tough? I mean, what does it mean? I, mentally tough means a kid that doesn't have bad body language, kid that never gets down to himself. You know, I'm watching this kid at Houston. He's annoying. He's got what his name is. Scored like 39 last night. I remember the previous game that I saw him play in was the championship game. I I, I think it was against. I don't even know who it was against. I, I, I can't even remember. I've watched so many games that I can't remember who played what. But I do remember that he missed the game-winning shot. I do remember that. And it was like, wow, he really missed that one. He blew that. He had a chance to win it. He didn't get it done. Now he's got to live with that for the rest of his life. Then he missed that shot. I wonder how he's going to deal with that. Well, here we are, a game and a half later. And he uh, he did pretty good. He hit the game when he shot. So, what does that mean? That's mental toughness. You go from missing a game when he shot to win a championship. And then, in the first round of the playoffs, the ball's in your hands again. And not only do you bang a three, but you make a layup to win the game. That's a guy who who believes in himself, who didn't remember that he just missed the last game-winning shot. Mentally tough, mentally tough players are ones that don't forget about that. they can forget about the last shot and just worry about the next one. That's what I like. I like a I like a player that's, you know, one for seven, two for eleven and then all of a sudden makes three in a row. I've seen that a lot. I saw that in a college game recently where somebody was hideous and then couldn't make a shot. I think it was actually, I think it was Duke, where the kid couldn't make a shot and then just went ballistic and made like three or four in a row. That's mental toughness. Mental toughness is the guy who plays for Popovich. guy who played for a bobby knight cry because he wasn't raised that way either on the court or off the court as a parent it is your obligation to make sure your child is prepared for life and if they're going to play sports you have to kind of raise them differently i, I you know I, I wish you wouldn't have to but if you're going to play a sport you're going to get criticized i mean whether it be tennis or golf or whatever you're, you're going to have bad days you're going to have days you've got your butt kicked you got to get up that Rocky speech is one of the greatest speeches in the history of speeches. Go on YouTube and look at that Rocky speech. I think it's on my website, CoachDaveTaylor.com. But you get knocked down, you got to get up. And as a parent, let your kid fall. Don't, you don't have to wrap them in bubble wrap. You don't have to make sure they never fail. You don't have to, you know, do the work for them. You don't do their homework for them. You don't do their chores for them. You don't need to wake them up. You don't make their bed. You don't do the dishes for them. No, make them do that. Hey, if you're going to live under this roof, you're going to make your own bed. You're going to clean your room. You're going to do the dishes every night. Walk the dogs. Do your own laundry. You know, I'm not. I'm not doing this for you. If you don't have the grades, that's on you. If you don't, if you don't get playing time, that's because you're not good enough. It's not because the coach is bad. That you, as a as an adult, need to prepare your child, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't do. A lot of people don't do that. See that as a coach. And as a coach, I want to see players that are mentally tough. I can work with those kids. That's why some of the best times I ever had were coaching at the Air Force Academy. Because those kids are are all, well, it's almost a requirement, right? No, they weren't. But they need to be mentally tough. Oh, I know who I saw. um, Trying to think again. I think the game I remember where that kid missed that game when he shot was against uh, Cincinnati. Is that right? I think it was against Cincinnati. Someone just texted me that. So thank you for that. My brain is fried. I was going to say Villanova, but Villanova be Providence. So again, I, I think that in society and in coaching, you can really, you know, allow this kid to learn what it takes to be mentally tough, and that's going to lead to greater success in life. Develop that mental toughness early in life. Develop that mental toughness as a parent. Put them in situations. Make them play up and get beat. If, they, if, if things come easy, challenge them. Make them, make, you know, if school's easy, make them take tougher classes. If they're dominating on this team and just killing teams, make them play up. Put him up two years older. You know, if he's 14 and he's dominating, put him in a 16-U. If he's 12 and he's dominating, put him in 14-U, 13-U. Take him to camps that that challenge you. Take him to camps that make him tough. Make sure that whoever's coaching him doesn't want to be his friend, doesn't want to use him, doesn't want to just ride his coattails to success. Make sure whoever's coaching your child is, is honest with them and tough on them. 'Cause a lot of kids today just can't take criticism. And if your child cannot take criticism, you gotta look in the mirror because maybe they've never had to. Maybe they've been protected. But I see it in players all the time. I coach the most fun I have is coaching twelve year olds. Because they're easy to mold, they they just wanna go hard and please you, they don't have attitude, they haven't been warped, they haven't been infected. Is when you get to fifteen and sixteen, sometimes those kids are tough, man, because they're they're if they're messed up, it's too late. So you got to be mentally tough. Some people live in this world where they it's not it's not reality. Well, my son's really good. I remember I had arguments with parents where a parent would say to me, he played on his middle school team and he averaged like six points a game, but he, he could hardly play with you guys. Yeah, I don't care about your stupid middle school game. As a parent, you're a moron. How many points they score in a middle school game? Your middle school team must really be hideous if this kid is playing. And that's what I would say to the parent. That doesn't go over too well. But guess what? I don't have to be politically correct. Well, my son or daughter, they, they play on this other team. and They really play. They, they get a lot of points. They play a lot. Well, let me tell you something. If, if your child's playing a lot, then that team isn't very good. Because your child's not very good. Now, he will be one day. But today, he's he's my ninth man. And if you would like to watch film with me, I'll make sure I send it to you. But let's just be honest here. Uh, your boy can't play D. He can't go to his left, and he's out of shape. So what do you want me to tell you? Oh, my, my son lost two pounds last week. Oh, well, he needs to lose another ten. Two's not enough. Okay, over here, and I'll tell you right now, I bet you didn't even lose those two pounds. I bet you just made that up. But I'll, t- I'll tell a kid as, uh, as a player, I'll tell him the truth. Whether he can handle it or not is up to him. It's not my job to lie to the kid and make him feel good about himself when he's acting like a punk. I say things in a positive way. Hey, you know what? You could really be a very good player, but you got to do X, Y, and Z. You know, I you will play more if you can do X, Y, Z. I love your effort. You're playing hard, but you got to do X, Y, Z. You can't just... Blah, blah, blah. Uh, So-and-so not coming to the game tomorrow, so you better be ready because this is your chance to show me what you can do. Then the game's over. You didn't show me what you could do. You got dominated. That's why you don't play more. It's not rocket science. So two things that I think are intangibles that enough people don't talk about. Loyalty and mental toughness. And I think they go hand in hand sometimes. But to be mentally tough, you'll see it in these college games. And, yeah, that kid in Houston, he's got a little bit of an attitude and a swag. But as a coach, I like that. As a coach, I want someone who's got that mental toughness that could miss a game-winning shot to beat Cincinnati and then make a more important shot. He wanted that shot again. He made a deep three, and then he made a layup. He's not afraid of the moment, and he's not he's not thinking back. There's a lot of people that would have missed that shot and then not shot it again. So again, I, I think these are topics that aren't talked about enough. Players need to be loyal to coaches. Coaches need to be loyal to players. Me as a coach, once you play for me, you're always a part of my family. I will always pick that phone up. I will always take that next flight out. I, I am loyal to anyone that has given me great effort. If you played for me and quit and went for another team, not the same state, not the same story. But if you play for me, I will always be there. I will always pick up the phone but you might not like what you hear, but if you want honest assessment, you want honest advice, I'm the person you call. And the only loyalty I want back to my player is the same in in reverse, the same that I have a kid that needs help. This guy played for me. Give him a call. He'll help you out because you're part of the family. Hey, can you talk to these kids? Hey, can you come back and talk to camp? Hey, I got some kids. Can you get them into a game? Just loyalty. And then as a coach, do the right thing. If you don't think you can do anything else for this kid, this kid is a really good player, but maybe he's sitting behind somebody or maybe they they need to be exposed more in a different way, let him go play for another program. That could be good for him. Don't just be selfish and say, no, I want to win, and you're my guy, play for me. Be honest. You know what? Probably better off playing for that coach because he's going to play on a better circuit. That that shows a lot of character, but again, that falls into that category of coach. Or do you just want to win, or do you want to? You, do you coach for the kid, or do you coach for yourself? Because in this in this youth sports industry, it's just like the NBA in the fact that it's all about the money. Everybody's looking to take money out of your pocket. Hey, I'm going to join my website. Join, you know let me be your personal trainer. Here, okay, I'll help you get to college, but you got to pay me. Most of the time, it's about pay me, pay me, pay me. Hey, you want my advice? You got to pay me. Done your game film? Got to pay me. Send me your film. I'll send it back to you, but it's going to cost you $100. bucks. i am not going to do game film. They don't pay me for that. Hey, guys, you want me to do game film for you? Everybody pays me 10 bucks, and then I'll do the game film. In this youth sports business, it's all about money. So where does your loyalty lie? It lies in the people that don't care about your money. That's usually family. Trust your family. Trust the coaches that coached you even though they weren't getting paid. Trust the coach that's going to take time out of his personal life to go work you out to get you better. You find that, that's gold. That is gold. You want to know who's loyal? Listen to these guys when they get interviewed. See who they think. That's all I got. Buffalo had a great win. We have more games on today, tomorrow, and Sunday. are going to be phenomenal. I'm going to be in Japan. I leave, and I will be back. I will probably broadcast from there. Can't wait. Have great friends there. Consider family. They're not friends. They're family from the Jones family to Thiessen to I I have family members there. So for me it's like going going home. And I have that, you know, in other places too in Hawaii and Taiwan. And, you know, I I have people I consider to be more than friends. And I don't have to talk to them every week. Even though I do. But when you when you grind things out your family. And you know your family when you could tell them the truth and not worry about the repercussions a lot of people just don't like to hear the truth you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Coach Dave Taylor website CoachDaveTaylor.com oh the Raiders signed Jordy Nelson I forgot to mention that the NFL is going to take a whole podcast just to get over where all the players are but there's no loyalty in the NFL that's for sure and I don't think there really necessarily needs to be unless you're like Brady and probably be loyal to each other. But if one day Belichick says, I, you know, you're not good enough. Well, what do you want him to do? Keep playing them. That's why it'd be interesting to see where Garoppolo does, how he does this year. Don't drink and drive. Don't be an idiot. Make a difference in someone's life. Do some, do the right thing. Make a difference. Stop being lazy. We'll get into that too. Send me some more topics. Give me some topics you want me to go over. Laziness. My Lord. I really hate that. Liars, laziness, weak-minded people, sissy boys can't handle it. I can't be around them too long. Just really annoys me. Send me emails if you have show ideas, comments, questions. Coach Dave Taylor at yahoo.com. At yahoo.com. Have a great weekend. I mean, I'm sitting in front of this TV for about 13, 14 hours a day over the next three. And that is heaven for me watching these games. We'll talk to you again next week, maybe from Tokyo. Maybe not. Peace out, everybody.